All right. Welcome to the MindWorks Podcast. Welcome back with Dre and Kev. What's up? Um, what's up? So today's topic is another interesting, interesting topic. Uh, the reason how this topic actually started was, you know, I was teaching an abnormal psychology class and we were on the topic of uh, post-traumatic stress disorder and stressors in general and just life situations that happen to people that cause them mental distress. So the question came about through the idea of existentialism. Uh, you know, there's a guy named Irvin Yalom. He's a existential therapist. You know, he's written books on existentialism and I actually have one of the books here called yes, The Gift of Therapy. If you're a therapist, you probably read this book. Great book for therapists that are beginning their practice. Mm -hmm. I've actually met Irvin Yalom, as you could see. It's signed by him. I actually met him in San Francisco. Oh, nice. Yeah, when I was in San Francisco, he was having a book signing, and I went and met him. Really nice guy. Um, so basically, <laughs> in existential philosophy, they believe about, you know, things that related to the meaning of life, purpose, responsibility, which is going to be the big topic we're going to be talking about today. Mm -hmm. So my question is, is when it comes to life situations, how much responsibility should an individual assume? And is assuming responsibility for life circumstances, even if it's a little beyond our control, is that something that's powerful? Yeah. Is that something that can actually help people get through trauma more effectively? Mm. When you start taking responsibility on things that happen to you. Very interesting question because, you know, I know a lot of people would disagree and say, hey, so what are you talking about? Are we, are we victim blaming here and stuff like that? Right. No, I think there's a difference between you know, victim blaming and assuming responsibility for things that happen to you. Now, my my perspective on responsibility taking can be a little extreme, but that's just because of my character and my personality. And I think that goes for everybody, right? I think everyone's going to have a different response to this question. Right. Some people are going to think assuming responsibility can be a powerful thing. Some people are probably going to say, no, that's like the worst thing you could do or tell somebody to assume responsibility for being assaulted or something. But, you know, it's a very interesting question because I just feel like sometimes in therapy, as I'm talking to a client about a certain trauma, sometimes a client says aloud the words like, you know, I'll start off the session like, oh, yeah, so tell me about, let's talk about the traumatic event. When the, when the, when the client is ready to talk, right? You got to meet clients where they're at. And, you know, I, I ask the question like, okay, so tell me about the traumatic event. What happened? And typically nine times out of, well, 10 times out of 10, actually, everyone's always like, well, you know, I, I went to work. I was leaving the office. I left a little late because I had to stay because I had to do extra, a little extra work. So I left the office kind of late. I decided to take a shortcut from my, from my job back home. And upon that shortcut, I got mugged. Right. So when the individual is speaking, just listening to that sort of statement, all you keep hearing is I, 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 I. And then, boom, this event happens. So is it right to say or is it powerful to say that that person can assume responsibility for landing himself in that particular situation? Right. 
What do you say? What do I say? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, object, I, I can't like, you know, even though I'm going to have compassion for the individual and sort of like try to understand, I'm not going to blame him. But in my reality and, and without, you know, taking my bias out of it, being a therapist that cares about individuals that wants to help individuals, when you look at the reality of the situation, the, the client kept saying, I, 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 I. Mm-hmm. So am I supposed to deny that responsibility as a therapist? That the client created the situation to some extent. And I'm not saying to, you know, blame the person. It's not like 100% that person's fault they were there. Yeah. But if you break it down into numbers, you could say at least like 1% of that situation happening was at least partly some of your responsibility because you chose to walk down that street. You chose to go to work that day. You chose to work late to handle papers that you probably should have done maybe earlier. So what what's the difference between the blame and the responsibility? So I think blame kind of has a very negative connotation, you know, connotation to it. Like yeah. when you say like, "Oh, I'm going to blame you for your wrongdoings." It's like you're kind of shaming an individual. Mm-hmm. When you tell, when when a person says, "You know what?" You, you know, you kind of have a point. Like, I did end up being there. I took, I, I'm going to take responsibility for that. It, it kind of, like, allows the individual to develop a sense of control within themselves and eventually maybe get over or get through that traumatic event more effectively. Okay. I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try to play the more contrarian role here yeah go ahead um and challenge this responsibility thing mm-hmm. um although i am more on the spectrum of people have their you know it's it's their responsibility more so than other factors mm-hmm. um but you know i think that at the same time there are a lot of social and environmental factors uh that we need to take into account when we speak about responsibility and you know, occurrences that do happen to us, including PTSD and those type things. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I would say that um, although this person who you, you gave the example is now responsible of uh, what happens after the mugging, right? Like who is responsible or where is the responsibility lie before the mugging, right? And I think that um, that is when social and environmental factors come into play. Right. And, you know, I think that's where kind of like politics come into play. Right. And like, you know, having safer places so people don't get mugged. Right. So uh, I think in that sense, before the mugging, I feel that there is more of a balance of who's responsible beforehand, uh, because, you know, that person who you mentioned, you know, has to kind of go to work. Right. You got to kind of provide and protect as a person. Um, if you want to survive and thrive, right? So, um, you know, unless they don't go to work and then that's the responsibility of like the government or something to, you know, like the pandemic time, right? Where they just kind of gave you checks and stuff and you nobody had to move. <laughs> so, you know, I think that before the mugging or before the occurrences, you know, there is a bit more of a balance of who is responsible for outcomes that happen. Mm-hmm. Now, I think that when we're talking about, okay, it happened already, mm-hmm. and now we're going to have to live with this PTSD, and we're going to have to kind of move forward in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at that point, that's the powerful place where 
um, a lot of folks who do take more of the responsibility in the sense of, you know, how it how the outcome plays a role in their life. I, you know, I think they're I want to say better suited, but they're um, they'll they'll make more value out of like therapy and kind of like even if it's not therapy. Right. Like these I guess these type of people and it could be a personality thing as well mm. are able to kind of move forward in their life and not have sort of like that victim mindset or that that mentality of blame and who's responsible right although and this is a whole other uh aspect and this is something that i love to connect always is you know our current day and age right our current society uh where it is kind of like is more common that uh people are looking for outside sources and you know social environmental things to blame for their uh, lives and and the outcomes of their lives as well. Yeah. Um, and we could look back at 2020, right? Like there was a lot of pointing fingers. There was a lot of uh, you know, and there was also a lot of um, people waiting for, let's say the the little the juice in their body. I don't even want to say it because I think you get like the little warnings. They're waiting <laughs> for the, the juice vaccines. in their body, right? <laughs> so then, like, all right. So who's in that case? Then all right. So who's responsible for your well-being and your um and you staying alive, right? And so in well, your case, it would you be 100% are. you. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, I'm not saying like, yeah, I'm not saying don't consider all those government forces and all the environmental forces. Like, I'm just saying like, at the end of the day, yeah, it could have all happened because of 98% of all, all the other stuff that's happened. But at least 1% to 2%, you ended up in that situation. Like, you you got there somehow. Who nobody unless you Unless you were forced by physical force or like, mental force where you know you couldn't really control anything and stuff like that then you know what i mean then i would understand like okay there's no blame there because you're forced into that situation but if you were actually able if you were making decisions before any outcome you were you put yourself in that position you put yourself yeah. there somehow some way somehow you ended up there at least i'm saying like even to the point two zero percent responsibility you know what i mean like yeah okay uh you know, gov cops aren't there. That's the government's fault that there's no cops in that neighborhood or patrolling that neighborhood. Yeah. Okay, but you still chose to be in that neighborhood. Uh, you took the job in that neighborhood. You just, you know, you're the one that decides to commute from that office to your house. You know what I mean? It's like you kind of have some some sense of responsibility at least. I'm not saying blame because you know things that are out of your control, you can't really 100% be blamed for. But like at least assuming responsibility. I believe there's some power to that. Yeah. So let's, I mean, let's take the other extreme where it's like 2020, right? And the pandemic and what <laughs> happened there, right? So, I mean, there were folks who did go to that extreme that you're saying is like, yeah, it's my responsibility is what it is. And I'm going to, you know, look at it that way. And then there was other folks who were just like, you know, it's up to someone else to fix the situation or it's up to someone else to supplement my lifestyle or, uh, you know, keep me alive. Really, that's where the point that we got to, right? So, whose responsibility is it at that point? Well, I mean, I, th I think it's still the individual's responsibility, like to stay alive. You know, I mean, yeah. like you knew COVID was a deadly thing. You know, it was killing more older people than younger people. So, if you're young and you notice that, and that's another thing we should talk about is the age of responsibility. When right. at what age should an individual take this perspective of taking at least some sort of responsibility for everything that happens to you? Uh, but during the pandemic, if you were young and, you know, you had um, health issues, mm -hmm. you know, how did you get those health issues to begin with? Unless it was like a genetic thing that you had no control over. 
then maybe you shouldn't assume as much responsibility, but there should be an assumption of responsibility for what you can do to, you know, you have a certain genetic problem within your family, whatever. You can assume responsibility to try to take care of yourself and work out, eat healthy, you know, um, sleep better, all these type of things. You know what I mean? Instead of blaming your genetics and your, you know, your genetic code, you know, that's, that's something that you can assume responsibility for more and take more control that way. Right. So what, at, at what age do you feel that we need to take on more responsibility or all the responsibility for the outcomes in our lives? Well, I think on average, you know, they say that the brain fully develops around the age of 25 for most people. So I think after the age of 25, I think most people should start assuming more responsibility for things that happen to them. Especially if you've gained amount, you know, a lot of knowledge, uh, you know, and, and you've developed fully as a functioning adult. Yeah. You know, yeah. prefrontal cortex is fully developed at 25, 26. Yeah. Yeah. The prefrontal cortex is the last part of the brain to fully develop. So, I mean, like that's that deals with decision making and judgment. Right. So now your now your brain is equipped to make sound more sound decisions. Now it's up to you as the individual to assume responsibility and be powerful through that. I mean, I. I, you know, you could even throw it in the context of, a, of a, a societal situation, right? Like you could even say, okay, let's say you have a society of individuals who assume responsibility for everything that happens to them. And let's say you have a society of individuals that blame the world for everything that happens to them. Which society do you think is going to survive? Mm -hmm. And which society do you think is going to live happier? Yeah. <laughs> the society that, that blames everyone else for their problems or the society that takes responsibility for things that happen to it. Yeah. What well, you know, yeah, definitely. And I and I think that again, in our current day and age, um, you know, there's a lot of and I, I'm gonna switch the word a little bit, um, uh lack of accountability for our responsibility, if that makes sense. Right. Um, and <laughs> sort of like, you know, how I, not so much like blame, but, you know, how much of this is out of my control? You know, how much of this outcome is just is life It's just environmental things. I can't stop rain from, you know, hitting my head when I go outside and it's raining. Right. But you could um, try the best you can to find an umbrella and you could choose to find an umbrella or you could just choose to keep getting wet. Right. Um <laughs> They say some, you know, some people, you know, feel the rain and others, you know, whatever. I forgot the quote, but unless, unless you have a disability, then that's a whole different story. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Unless you have like a disability, like you lost a leg or you suffer from lupus or you, uh, have some sort of cancer or something like that. You know, those, those are things you can't blame people for right at all, because that's something that's just completely out of your control mm -hmm. or, or you can't even, you know, you can't assume that sort of responsibility because you didn't choose to have cancer. You didn't throw yourself in a direction where you're going to get cancer unless you wanted to choose to live in Chernobyl or something for a few years. And you know, yeah. the active radiation there or whatever gives you cancer, yeah. then maybe that, then you can assume responsibility a little bit from getting cancer. Right. Yeah. Now, I, now, now that you're saying this too, like I, and you're talking about more like a genetic dispositions and other things like, you know, at what, at, you know, how, how much, how much does our personality and also just like our social upbringing play a role when we become 25, 26 and it's time for us to be more responsible for our lives. Right. 
um, because I think that plays a, plays a big role. I think it plays a big role, you know, our upbringing and, you know, how, let's say, like, a child, right? Like, how, how much they've had to be responsible for themselves and their own survival because they were either in a one-parent household or, you know, certain circumstances happen. And also just, like, personality-wise, right? Because before you mentioned, like, you are very extreme in one end. Right. So that's that's you. That's, uh, you know, that's Dre. That's, you know, that's your own kind of way of perceiving life and kind of moving through and navigating the world in order to survive. So, you know, I think that personality has a big part of it. I don't think astrology has nothing to do with it. <laughs> I'm tired <laughs> of this insta astrology. I feel, like insta astrology. I feel like it's picked up so much. In, like, the last three to five years, like, astrology this, and, uh, oh, you're a Taurus, so you're stubborn, and you're, I'm a Pisces, so, I'm, like, yeah. So, the, I guess those people don't assume responsibility. They blame their signs. It's, it's the signs' fault, right? Like, it's it is, the signs' oh, fault. Man, like, you can get me started with that. <laughs> what do you think about the, the, before what I said about personality and people's upbringing um, and sort of just, like, their genetic disposition as well? So, basically, what you're talking about it sounds like it goes into like this whole realm of philosophical thinking of like this idea of determinism versus free will. Mm. And the deterministic philosophers believe that everything is more of a cause and effect sort of uh, paradigm of life. Like life is kind of like based on cause and effect. So you're not responsible for things that happen to you. You don't have a free will. And then you have people who believe in free will, who I guess you can say are more like the existentialists. Who basically argue that no, like you have a free will, you have a, a, a responsibility, you have decisions that you can make that are going to alter your life choices. And a determinist would argue all the way to the T that like, no, you don't have a free will. Your free will is an illusion. Mm. And why do they say that? They say that because I can, as a, as a, as an existentialist or a free will thinker, I can say, well, I can just literally get up and go open the door and I just utilize my free will to do that. But then the determinist is going to say something like along the lines, well, no, you don't have the free will to open up the door because the door is already there. You didn't choose to have the door there to open it. The door was already there for you to open it. Mm. Therefore, your free will is distinguished. It's kind of like, um, you know, like I, I chose to get into the field of psychology. The reason why you chose, the determinist is going to argue the reason why you chose to get into the field of psychology is because like, the field of psychology was there for you to to choose to to pursue mm -hmm. so you don't really have a free will mm. and and oh, then yeah. and then and then you have people who are what they label compatibilists which are people that believe in both aspects of that of those philosophies like i and i'm more of a compatibilist myself you know i think more so that yes i i agree that a lot of life factors are de predetermined like, yes, like I was born into my body. I didn't choose to be born into my body. I didn't choose my name. I didn't choose my gender. <laughs> I didn't I didn't choose, you know, these things that like, you can um, now. yeah, I guess I can. Yeah, I guess I could now. But I didn't choose any of these things. And therefore, I don't have as much free will as I think I do. But then I'm living and I'm making life decisions. And that to me is evident enough that I have a free will. And it goes even further. Like there's actually a um, an um, a neurologist actually. I think he's like a neuroscientist. His name is Sam Harris. Uh, you know he's really popular amongst I guess like the 
acad- academia and stuff like that. But like he basically wrote a book. The book is called Free Will by Sam Harris. And he basically talks about how even on a neurological level, the brain basically knows things before we consciously even know it. And he's done studies on this and he's shown research studies of, you know, the brain actually getting the information before it's being relayed to our actual consciousness. Yeah. So we don't really, so basically he says that's part of his argument is that like, you don't have the free will because your brain is already making the decisions before you even know it. Okay. I could, I could kind of see that. And I think we talked about that in the first um, podcast where I told you, like, I feel like the gut is the first one to take in everything. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm on that uh, train of thought. Yeah, you should read that book. It's very interesting. Yeah. I got to look into that. Um, my, something came up in my head. And, you know, this is, I guess, is a whole other podcast series, but I think it also relates to what we're talking about now. Mm-hmm. Um, midterms is here, right? Midterms election is here. Mm-hmm. How much of a, how much you, do you feel, how much of a responsibility you have to civil duty and to vote? How much do I, I mean, that's really up to the person, but that's really up to you. I mean, like, if you want to go ahead and vote, go choose to vote. I mean, then that would add into those percentages of how much responsibility you should assume. <laughs> but do you feel like that's part that should be part of your responsibility? Because then, you know, again, then that trickles down to our first scenario. Where yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, definitely. Um, I think you should definitely take responsibility of voting. I mean, yeah, because that's going to determine a lot of things for yourself as an individual. And once you, you know, you cast your vote, at least you'll sort of at least a percentage of assumed responsibility would probably like increase or decrease depending on the outcome yeah so i mean at the end of the day like my main argument is that i just feel like personally i know my character i know my personality i take responsibility for a lot of things that happen in my life even when it's out of control and it's gotten me pretty damn far so i mean that's all i could really say about that right you know what i mean i don't know about everyone else i know everyone's different everyone's more introverted everyone has less intuition everyone's kind of like different so i'm not gonna uh this this type of philosophy i'm talking about about assuming responsibility is not gonna work for everybody and I wouldn't, I don't want it to work for everybody. That's not what I'm trying to say, that everyone should assume responsibility. But what I'm saying is that, is there power to that for everybody to assume responsibility for everything that happens to us, even if it's a little bit out of our control? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even for things that are out of our control, should we assume that responsibility? Right. Is it more powerful? And, you know, I think uh, definitely, you know, I'll continue to challenge you on that. But Yeah, go ahead, challenge. <laughs> I, I, want it, I want to hear it. But, you know, I think that I, I also agree. Um, you know, that, you know, I think that the main thing that I see similar to what you said in the beginning of like this client coming in and saying, I, 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 I kind of thing. Um, and then, you know, when something happens, then, you know, pointing fingers, you know, I, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of like excavating those pointing fingers and, and, you know, who, who is being blamed, who is being responsible, who is, who do you, who does, does the client, the person, the patient uh, us believe that is responsible for their outcome in their lives? You know, I think that's very important uh, because I feel like I've seen extremes um, and I think I've seen extreme on both ends, actually. But I've seen the extreme on one end where it's like the fingers pointed at everything else uh, aside from self. Um, and I and I feel like those folks it's 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 tougher for them right and i'm wondering like um in what way and like i think you mentioned before um 
the podcast that you know you've you've seen that when those clients start to assume the responsibility like things actually start to change in the dynamic and the client therapist dynamic and also in their lives as well yeah big time like and that's one of the things that you know Irvin Yalom points out in his book Gift of Therapy how like you know I think it was chapter 46 or something here let me just flip over to the page real quick oh that's where I heard it from I thought you said yeah you were reading it before yeah right? there was a nice excerpt from there so basically what he says is helping chapter 46 in the gift of therapy great book helping patients assume responsibility right so as long as patients persist in believing that their major problems are a result of something outside their control the actions of other people bad nerves social class injustices genes then we therapists are limited in what we can offer mm. we can commiserate suggest more adaptive methods of responding to the assaults and unfairness of life. We can help patients attain equanimity or teach them to be more effective in altering their environment. But if we hope for more significant therapeutic change, we must encourage our patients to assume responsibility. That is to apprehend how they themselves contribute to their distress. Mm -hmm. A patient may, for example, describe a series of a series of horrendous experiences in the singles world, Men mistreat her, friends betray her, employees exploit her, lovers deceive her. Even if the therapist is convinced of the veracity of the events described, there comes a time when attention must be paid to the patient's own role mm -hmm. in the sequence of those events. Mm -hmm. The therapist may have to say, in effect, even if 90% of the bad things that happen to you is someone else's fault, I want to look at the other 1%, mm -hmm. the part that is your responsibility. Yeah. We have to look at your role, even if it's very limited, because that's where I can be of most help as a therapist. And I, I have to like 100% agree with that because working with people, I've noticed that like when you assume responsibility for the things that happen to you, all right, let me just, let me just lay out my own trauma. Right. Let's talk about something that happened to me that was like very traumatic. Right. Mm -hmm. So my own trauma was, you know, I had my son. Right. My son was born premature. Right. My my girlfriend started to bleed out at about like 28 weeks pregnant. Right. Mm -hmm. So that was traumatic. And for me, you know, becoming my, uh, you know, being a first time dad, I had to deal with like her bleeding out and, you know, what's going to happen next. We ran to the hospital. Doctors say the baby's OK. Thank God. Um, you know, it was, you know, then they had to do further tests. They couldn't really see what was the problem. So we went to another hospital. They went in and they saw that, you know, eventually they found out like a couple days later that she had an abrupted placenta. Yeah. So her placenta was basically detaching from her uterine wall type of thing. So that's what was causing the bleeding. Right. So basically the doctor said there was nothing they could do completely out of our control. The doctor came in the room, said, you know, your baby was going to be born premature that, you know, it could have this problem, this problem. They might have autism, ADHD, all the list. Oh my God. I was like, you know, like my hands are sweating. I was like fidgeting. I was like nervous. I was scared. Um, and then also we didn't even know what it was going to do to her, the pregnancy. Yeah. So then, uh, thankfully, you know, she held on for about four more weeks or about five, four more, five, five, four, five weeks. And um, by the time he was 32, she was 32 weeks pregnant, he, you know, she gave birth to him and he came out weighing about almost four pounds. Mm. So to me, that was a whole traumatic event. Like I had to really, um, you know, process that I actually started going to therapy because of that reason. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, 
one of the things that I learned in, in my therapy, in my outcome, my therapy was that like, you know, at the end of the day, these things did happen. And I, as long as many times as I processed it and tried to desensitize myself from the situation, you know, I, what, what was the most powerful outcome to myself was the fact that I actually decided to say, you know what, I, I chose to have this baby. Mm-hmm. I chose to sort of, you know, I took responsibility of this situation and to me, for myself, it's not going to work for everybody in their traumas. But the fact that I said to myself, like, you know what, I, I kind of I did cause this. And I agree because I did as I kept processing it. And I kept even telling myself the I, I, I did this. I, you know, I felt this way. I did this. I, you know, I, I, you know, it was, it was sort of my issue. I'm not blaming myself for the placenta being erupted, but I'm taking responsibility for my choices that led up to that placenta being erupted abrupted like i caused myself to be in that position Mm -hmm. and then when i said that it created more meaning in my life to move forward as a dad as as you know being a dad i said you know what i have this premature baby now i accept that he was born premature and whatever problems he has i'm going to take more responsibility of it Mm -hmm. because the fact that i can take responsibility of my decision of having this baby and him coming out premature under circumstances that were out of my control it gave me more power to even be a better father because mm-hmm. now I'm taking responsibility to be a better dad. And that's powerful to me. And that's, that's what got me out of my trauma. And now I don't even get triggered by that stuff. And now I got another baby along the way nice. and I just found out it's a girl. Oh, nice. Yeah. So like now if something were to happen to her, I know that I'm responsible for that outcome. Even if she does come out premature again, now I know this time better how to handle it and accept the fact that I take responsibility for this person's life. Yeah. You know what I mean? How much of that do you feel like it's comes from your upbringing and like your family dynamic or your environmental factors, right? Because we see today in society that it's very common, especially men, Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, we, and and in, in the case of, child rearing and childbirth they dip you know what i'm saying like there's <laughs> hey, a lot of single mothers out there there's a lot of uh, irresponsible uh baby daddies and all types of stuff so you know i hey, think and let me tell you I, my my dad wasn't in the picture i yeah. don't know my dad i never met my father interesting so like i i i take that's what i'm saying the power of responsibility is powerful because it's going to lead you in the right direction you know like i didn't have a dad I grew, I grew up, my mom was a single mom for a long time growing yeah. up. I didn't have no, like, father figure there. Do you think that might have worked in your favor, though? Like, you it could have. Because you were like, damn, I don't even know my dad. I'm making sure that my son knows his dad and has his dad in his exactly. life. Exactly. It probably led me to take more responsibility of things because yeah. I didn't have a father in there. So at a young age, I had to learn how to take responsibility of things. Mm. So, like, maybe that that's what helped me become a stronger man. And that's the thing. I think, like, um, when it comes to suffering, I think when you suffer, you grow stronger. Yeah. And that's another thing about trauma is that the traumas you, you, you experience, you grow stronger from them. Well, can I disagree with that? Cause I think, yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say yes in my life and it seems like yes in your life, mm-hmm. but I think that not everyone. not everyone, I feel like some suffering from some folks when they hit the bottom, they stay at the bottom. And, you know, they don't clap back. They don't bounce back even stronger Um, when they hit a level of resistance, when they hit a level of, you know, too much or overwhelmness, they they aren't able to just push through it. Right. And, you know, I I, I think we see that a lot. I feel 
Right. I feel like we see that a lot. And like I was sharing with you before, I was having a conversation with one of my friends and it's like, yeah, he's like at bottom and he hit me up and stuff. And I'm like, look, man, like this bottom is a trampoline for some people and is a pit for others. But that's when assuming responsibility can help you get out of that pit mm-hmm. better. It's like saying like, oh, OK, I'm in this pit. Now I'm just going to give up because the world keeps throwing me in this pit. Until you start taking responsibility of things and assuming responsibility for the things that happen to you, then I think you're able to gain more strength within mm-hmm. that and keep taking responsibility of things that um, happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I 100% agree. I think it starts with taking on responsibility of being at the bottom. Yeah. And it sucks. And, you know, I, I understand, like, for people who, who go through trauma, like, I understand, like, you know, you need time to process that. You need time to heal. It's not just something that you could just, like, throw, uh, you know, oh, okay, I'm going to take responsibility of everything and I'm just going to be good yeah. like you know you know you have to process that stuff you have to talk about it you have to desensitize yourself first like i mentioned that's what i did in my therapy was i you know i kept talking about it my therapist would sometimes i didn't want to talk about it my therapist would still push me and be like hey we got to really talk about you know the the event while you're here you know and i'm just like oh shit all right yeah. let's do it well and, yeah I, well, I i think you're a unique individual yeah <laughs> right um and you also you know you have a lot of privileges as well yeah right um, so my question now is, you know, what percent or what peoples don't have this, you know, privilege and don't have this genetic disposition, don't have this sort of uh, perspective on life and all these kind of things, right? Because we're, I guess we're seeing it both from a perspective of like, hit the bottom, clap back, you know, and, and take responsibility in our own lives and in our mental, physical and spiritual gain the knowledge right like i'm in therapy as well right and that is taking on a responsibility and i think that just that one you know you going into therapy and you being able to um, take that step i think that's a huge step i think it's a huge step that we're kind of playing down a little bit um and you know me as well like pushing myself to do the therapy as well was a huge step it was years of contemplation and i am i'm super glad i'm in it now but, you know, I think that when I speak to my friends, when I speak to my family, there isn't that initiative yet, right? So basically what I'm saying is how in a common person, I want to go back to like a, the common because, you know, the, the, the 95% of folks who day-to-day are living, um, well, I can't, what I can't, do they do? I can't speak out for everyone because I don't know everyone's unique situations i know my situation is unique but i just think like once again if you start to take responsibility for things that happen to you i think you can get farther in life than blaming the world for it and playing victim and i think that's like the best i can sort of say to to all people is i think that you gotta just take responsibility for things that happen to you uh or at least start practicing that and, and start implementing that into your daily routines yeah like you know um Cause then you'll start to, you'll start to feel different. You'll start to, I think, change and, and you'll start actually doing things that you actually want to do or set yourself out to do. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it's, it's, um, and I, interesting enough, I just speaking of change, I, I sent him the, um, the cycle of change, right. Pre-contemplation, contemplation, you know, action movements. Right. And I think that, yeah. And who's that all based I, on? Who, who does I don't that? Know who the theorist is. No, no, no. I'm not saying who the theorist is, but who, takes that and implements it into their life oh it's us so who's responsible oh <laughs> you know um my question is more for like 
the person who's watching this and who's struggling to take on that responsibility, what words do you have for them? As, and not just in like a, you know, beef up and, you know, go and take charge <laughs> and clap back, but more on an empathetic Dre level. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, like I said, like it really depends on the individual and I can't really like speak and generalize for everyone, but I think like just the typical individual that needs to find some sort of change to start off maybe uh, by accepting to seek help and talk to someone, talk to a professional, maybe somebody who can guide them in the right way or, you know, um, listen to them at least. Yeah. You know? I definitely think it starts there. Um, you know, I think that, I don't know, I have empathy for these folks as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I think the more and more, you know, uh, they're more in the spectrum of, feeling like victims and and feeling like the world is attacking them and feeling like they have no control and you know uh you know they can't take on that responsibility you know i feel like it's it's very deep mm-hmm. um and you know it's interesting because those are the people that you typically don't find in therapy sometimes like most because they um, yeah they don't even they, take the step they don't want to take the step they don't they think the world and it's interesting because you find you know now that i'm reflecting on it i actually feel like i find more adolescent kids in that sort of thinking than I do mm. adults. Why is that? It's because their parents see the, that as an issue. So let me get my son or my daughter into therapy and talk to someone so they can recognize their own responsibilities and things like that, or like, you know, their, their issues. Um, so, you know, that's, that's uh, powerful, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also, yeah, that's, that's basically the whole Thing about responsibility i think i mean what else is there to really look at in that context yeah yeah no i think my just yeah i think my ending note to that was just um sort of welcoming this perspective and this way of seeing life because it's going to help you in life and help you with with the things you know that have happened um especially when we talk about ptsd is welcoming it with an empathetic eye as much possible. Yeah, of course. Um, and, I, and and definitely, I'm going to say that I, I don't think, you know, definitely don't, <laughs> as a therapist, try to implement this into, like, a practice. I don't think, you know, not a lot of people are ready for that type of, like, uh, that type of talk, you know, unless you really know your client. And if you feel they're, they have enough resilience, that's another thing to talk about. Yeah. It's, like, resilience to sort of, uh, you know, take on that perspective once again, as a therapist, I would never, ever put blame on anybody uh, or a client. This is just my perspective in my own life. And I feel like that's why my question today is, is assuming responsibility for the things that happen in our life, is that more powerful than dwelling and victimizing yourself yeah. through your traumas and your issues that you have going on in your life? Yeah, That's what I I'm... Think- want yeah. to present to the people definitely i think we all agree on that i think the presentation sometimes is, is different right when you pull up with a with the cap and the shades and you're like <laughs> you gotta take our responsibility well yeah i think i think PTSD. I, 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 you know, at the I end think of the day different than you know <laughs> the dre with the suit and tie kind of just you know really feeling what the person is feeling because you've been through hardship yourself and you were able to get to that you know what i'm trying to say like yeah. like you know in the latino culture 
you know, we learn through love and cuddles and then we learn through latigazos and chancletas to the face, <laughs> right? So it's like, and I'm a big fan of both and I do feel modern day folks, especially modern day men, mm-hmm. need both. Yeah. Modern day men need more of the, the, the hard, mm-hmm. rough part of yeah. it, in my opinion. Yeah. But, you know, I, I it, you know, just, I guess it gives a, a different vibe and energy when we sit here we're like take our response when we know damn right when we're sitting with someone who's been through ptsd that we know our hearts open up to them right and i think that's part of therapy and being a healer um and helping them you know get through that process yeah but at the end of the day you know if you ever worked with me like you know that that's the point that you typically reach is learning how to take responsibility for a lot of things that happen to you um i definitely emphasize on that especially with like adolescence i noticed myself utilizing that sort of philosophy more with adolescence and i think it really brings about great change and great virtues and i think it's it's extremely helpful you know so like i know i, I don't i'm not gonna approach a client and be like you gotta take on responsibility <laughs> fuck you you know but i'll, I'll <laughs> fucking like i'm just gonna you know let's talk about your problems why are we here man let's let's set up the goals let's let's talk about this let's yeah. let you know i'm not gonna um affirm to your uh your victim victimization like i'm gonna help you perceive or change your perspective about your victimization and yeah. how you feel about things that happen to you i'm gonna be like well did you what did you, you know, and sometimes you got to call people out as a therapist. You got to be like, hey, yeah, like, you know, sure. what did you do that your friends are talking all this shit about you? Like, you got to kind of like reflect on that, too. Yeah, for sure. Because if not, you're not going to change. You're not going to grow. You know what I mean? Like some people are immune to change. Unfortunately, those are the people who probably are going to hop on this podcast and like talk mad shit. But like they wouldn't there, have gotten there, this far. There are the people that are open to change. And you know what I mean? Like, so that's yeah. that's something that's that's interesting. But yeah. So I think resilience is another thing to talk about in terms in relation to PTSD. Mm. Uh, just, you know, some factual advice is that, you know, I think um, obviously everyone's different, has different levels of resilience. But resilience is basically the ability to bounce back from any sort of trauma or negative life experience. So the higher resilience you have, the faster as an individual you're able to bounce back from any sort of trauma. Mm. You know, so that's the idea of resilience. Right. And when you work with people. Uh, with this sort of ideology of responsibility, you got to be measuring that individual's level of resilience, right? Because that makes a huge difference in the therapeutic outcome. So I'll, yes, if I know a child or, or an adult has a low level of resilience, I'm not going to come here talking to them about taking more responsibility about things because I know that's not going to help them. But if, a, if there's an individual that has a high level of resilience and they tend to bounce back typically from issues and stuff like that i'm probably going to emphasize on that a little bit more and be like you know what you're already taking responsibility of things in your life like that's your power you know what i mean so it really depends on the individual that's the most important factor out of all this when it comes to post-traumatic stress acute stress disorder uh adjustment disorders and things like that that's all this all comes down to yeah for sure Mm -hmm. so um that's uh i guess that's a wrap for today's episode on responsibility and trauma yes sir all right send it here we already catch you on the next one yes sir